All right, you guys, here we are tonight with Paul. And guess what? I know about five things about Paul. Uh, I know he's married because I've seen a picture on uh, Insta or Messenger. I know he has children. Mm. I know he's from Idaho. I just learned that. <laughs> uh, I know he's a street preacher. That's four. And I know his name is Paul G-E-E, -E, but I don't know how to even say your name. It's G. Paul G. Yeah, Paul G. So All right. Paul G, that's simple enough. God. Sean McCraney, nice to meet you. Nice to officially meet you, yeah. But I, I uh, am really grateful to have you, and he has a couple friends here in the studio audience. Yeah, um, yep. praise Because God. you are, in your spare time, a street preacher. That is right. Praise God. Praise God, yes. he says. And yep. he pumps the fist. I know some street <laughs> preachers. Uh, being, We've done this since 2006 here in Salt Lake City and okay. met a number of them. And I know some of your colleagues up there. Um, and so I, I have a love-hate relationship with the street preachers. Really? And okay. they have the love-hate relationship with me. Oh. So uh, I don't know if they have a love relationship with me, but they certainly <laughs> have a hate relationship with me. Well, but I can't wait to learn about what you do, why you do it how it's effective, what it actually is accomplishing, especially in relation to um, the LDS. Okay. Now, Sounds so, but, but the way we do this, I don't know if you've seen any of our shows, but we start by taking the person who I purposely try not to find anything out about. Okay. And you tell us your story. And I like to start with mom and dad and gra or grandma and okay. grandpa, little history. And then let's just chrono chronologically work through your life till we get up to the point when you first start to street preach. Okay, okay, sure. Now, and I'm sorry, and then I'll let you go. Before you get into the street preaching part, when you first start to do that, if it takes us a full hour to cover your life, <laughs> then part two will be all about the street preaching. Okay, sounds if, good. If you give me a thumbnail sketch of your life and it takes five minutes, then we will cover the street preaching now and we'll okay. have an hour show. Praise God. And I'll ask sure. you questions along the way. If you don't want to answer something, uh, you don't like it, say, Sean, I'm not up with that. And no problem. Okay. Paul yes. G. Okay. Go. Sounds good. Well, um, you know, before I became a street preacher, I was uh, born and raised in the Mormon faith. Okay. And uh, so all my, all my brothers and sisters and parents, grandparents, you know, we're all, we, we were all, you know, Mormons from generation to generation. Okay. And uh, really, it wasn't, it wasn't a problem for me to be a Mormon over, over the years. And uh, even since I was a small kid, um, I looked to Mormon missionaries as like my idol, right? Uh -huh. I thought what they were doing was the greatest thing, right? So I always thought that maybe one day I could save enough money, work enough hours, have enough money in the bank, and then serve a full-time mission. Okay. Right? So, so that was a goal. Yeah, that was my goal in life, right? And um, of course, while I was in high school, um, just 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 being a Mormon in general. Um, Before go, you go to high school, mom yeah, yeah. and dad active. Very, very temple active. attending, temple garment like, wearing. Oh yes, brothers and sisters, tithing pair. active tithing pairs. Yep. And brother, and how many siblings do you have? So I have three older. Uh, um, um, sisters and I have two younger brothers. Okay, wow, big family. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So the 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 brothers are are, are half um, from different. Uh, uh, I have well different different parents. Okay, so but, mom and dad uh, yeah, were yeah. faithful and active temple attending, but a divorce. But divorced. But divorced. Did they divorce uh, when you were LDS? Well, and active. Exactly. They they both were married three different times. While you, while you were alive, they were while, married three while different. While I was alive. Yeah. Yep. So uh, already I have a, a huge <laughs> question in my mind. How right. You describe them as super active, fully Mormon temple yeah, it's, garment wearing it's and three divorces. Yeah. Temple divorces. Um, well, um, with my with my mother, um, my dad told me he never really temple divorced her. So even before he, he passed on, he's now in the he's now died. He, he has now passed on to the grave. But he, he was telling me even before he died that he was expecting to be with my stepmother and my mom in heaven one day, right? So he was going a little polygamous right? route. He was hoping to have the, 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 yeah, he was going down the polygamous route, right? Got it. When he, when, when, when he died, and he was looking forward to that. Wow. Right? So how old were you when he passed? Um, that was uh, back in 2015. So okay. it was about four years ago. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So a uh, mom and dad bring a unique twist to the Mormon game. They have all kinds of marriages, but nevertheless, you felt that you were being brought up in a prototypical uh, LDS home. Yeah, minus the uh, minus having to visit my my dad every other weekend in the summertime. I felt like it was pretty normal, right? Is this all in Idaho? All in Idaho. Got it. Right, and uh, when I, when I visited either side, my my dad or my mother. Um, I was always going to church. I was always always going to the the Wednesday night activities um, um, and uh, doing scouts. Scout, scouts was always a big thing in my life, right? Huh. To persp- yes, you love the scouting. I love the scouting, um, but you know I, they got rid of it now. They they did they did. Um, but I always but I actually never got to the point of being an Eagle Scout. You didn't make it to the Eagle. I I, I never made it. So unfortunately, uh, good for you. I. <laughs> I got en- I got enough badges to become a life scout, and you made uh, it to life. I did. You know, once 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 high school came out. I mean, once 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 I was um, in high school and I was getting older, um, scouting was less of a priority for me. You know, I didn't really care as much to get merit badges. You know, um, and what were you into in high school? In high school, you know, I was really just about getting getting good grades. I was going. I was uh, working at Wendy's. Just. Uh, building up new friends and um, you know at that time in my life I was uh, you know just discovering new things you know about myself and uh, and what what life was like mm-hmm. but uh, you know seminary yeah seminary? seminary and I was uh, it was a graduate of seminary mm-hmm. you know I, I took that very seriously mm. um, just to and for me what, what I took out of it was uh, that uh, them um, teaching that you should be memorizing different scriptures mm-hmm. in the Bible. I thought that was a good takeaway when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, however, their choice of scriptures for me to memorize were really based towards Mormonism. Did you know that? That, then? that I found out about later on oh, than, than, than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I thought it was good. You know, I, I loved my seminary teacher. And uh, for me... Um, it was the one true church. Good bishops. So good youth leaders. Great. It was it was terrific. No molestations. Nothing that I can think of. Right. <laughs> I just say that because I mean it happens so much with other people that. Uh, yeah. That. So uh, high school, you're involved. High school, of course, senior year, you're approaching mission age, getting close. Exactly. What happened with your savings and the mission? So I worked for the next uh, three years at Wendy's, um, you know, and uh, I put all of my money towards a savings account. Mm. And uh, I, I ended up uh, putting in about $10,000 mm. towards, towards the mission. And back then, 10000 was enough. Sure. Uh, I think it was more than enough, but the church just took it all, right? Wow. Yep, just emptied my account. And took said, it, huh? Yeah, they just took it. So... I didn't know they would do that. I thought you yeah. you paid for your own mission. Oh, that's when they said, "Give us the money and we'll yeah, dole it yeah, out." Yeah, yeah, and they would do, and then they would give us the funds during the month to make do, right? And nothing kicked back to you at the end. Nothing, nothing else at the end. They were like, "Oh, you paid us so much extra money, so you can have this at the end." No, nothing like that. I was, I would have, I was I would have left, left the I was church left broke, then. Right, right <laughs> then, walked from that thing. All right. Yeah. Yep. So, where did you you got your mission call? Yeah, I got I got my mission call. Right? Was that exciting? And, uh, it was real exciting. I had I had even both of my sides of my, of my family were all in the room together. Right, as I was opening up the opening up the envelope, you know, um, and? and they they all had their ideas of where I was going. Right, and uh, people were joking that I would just go to Utah. Right, it was always the joke in the family. You would go to someplace local, but uh, yeah, so I got the mission call to Brazil, and at first I was terrified. Wow. That I'd be going overseas. And Sao Paulo or it, it Rio? Was Brasilia, the, the capital area. Wow. And this, Portuguese? Um, Portuguese, yep. So a lot of the suburbs of Brasilia, the small little cities around it is where I kind of did all my traveling and uh, mission work. So Fascinating. How'd you like it? You know, I thought it was great, you know. Um, I liked mine too. Yeah, yeah. It was I, a fun time. I, it was. And I thought the, I thought the, the food was good, you know. And, uh, you know, they, ha- they have Brazilian restaurants nowadays and yeah. it's becoming popular. Um, yeah. the, I thought the drinks, the, 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 the fresh fruit drinks that you would drink there was 
superb. Dang, I thought you were going to... Much better than here, of course. I thought you were going to tell us you were slipping <laughs> my ties in. Right? I, yeah, well, I, w- I, I kind of <laughs> wish, but, uh, you know, it was, it was good, you know. Uh-huh. And I thought the people we, st- we, we, we were with and we taught with, they were very humble and open mm-hmm. to that, through those teachings. Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought that really they just wanted to know about, about Christ. Huh. About, about about Jesus uh, and this uh, the, 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 this new way that uh, that that families can be together forever, right? Mm-hmm. For them, that was that was eye opening. Hmm. Was it appreciated or is it kind of rejected? It was very much appreciated, oh, wow. right? Because hmm. um, a lot of them had already had uh, people in their family that that, that have passed on. Mm. And uh, just just to know that they would be able to be with their family when they die, if mm-hmm. they, if they join this church, mm-hmm. you know, went through the temple, mm-hmm. that uh, they would have those promised blessings in their life. And I'm going to do something I don't yeah, normally do, but yeah. just jumping out to the street now, <laughs> what would you say to somebody who says, "I don't want to become a Christian. I won't be with my family forever." Right? What would you say to that? Yeah. So yeah, I used to not know how to how to how to approach those people, you know. Um, because the way they have their answers can be better than Christians mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But as I explain it, and as I was able to explain it to a friend of mine named Jonathan, mm-hmm. who recently came out of Mormonism, praise God, mm-hmm. I just kept, kept, kept discipling him. But um, that's how I explain it. Well, every, 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 every believer is a part of the body of Christ. That's, that's the church, right? Sure. And because of that... Um, since Jesus said that uh, as we d- as we die and our families die, He's gonna He's gonna be pre- preparing mansions for us mm. in heaven mm. uh, for every every believer, <clears throat> and uh, it's gonna be a celebration once everybody reaches heaven one day, right? Well, my 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 question, Paul, is the LDS have the kind of the upper hand on the Christian theology in that area when it comes to humanistic thought because what they say is. Well, Joseph Smith taught that, you know, if my dad and mom are faithful to their temple covenants, my reprobate sister, who's not uh, a member anymore and now lives with her boyfriend, yeah. she will, because of the sealing power of the priesthood, be with them forever and ever as a family. Yeah. So, so why Crazy. do I want to become a Christian if in Christianity, my family is not going to be part of that kingdom unless they're believers. Okay. So how do you answer that one? That, is my that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting thought. You know, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to reach people that uh, like that specifically because the Bible is just, just nails it d- down. Does um, it? It, it? It's, it's so specific. And it says that only those that uh, believe in Jesus Christ and, and, and openly confess their sins shall be saved, right? Mm. And since Jesus Christ is the, is the one true way to salvation, anybody that's living a, a reprobate life or a, in willful sin, unfortunately, can't inherit God's kingdom. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a sad truth to tell them, but it's not, it, it's, not so hard, it's not so hard as you would think of to actually teach people because what motivates them at this point is to start praying for their family members that are lost. I see. Right? And possibly to start sharing the truth of, of Jesus Christ to them I so see. that they can awake to possibly the, their sleep, you know, their, uh, and their lifestyle, just like the prodigal son, just came right back to Christ, right? So the idea, to, to God. The yeah, idea yeah. On, out on the street, and that's how I'm going to kind of approach your <clears throat> thing because I'm interested in okay. that. Because yeah, yeah. I can't get many to talk to me who are out on the street. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So your approach on the street would be, listen, you know... Uh, the LDS way has a way that's made up of, in the mind of a man. Correct. Okay? He's given you these answers that feel really great. But yeah. uh, here's the, the, what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. This is what you'll tell them. Yeah. And if you receive Christ and you understand him, that empowers you to pray for your family and bring them into Christ so that they have a chance for the real heaven, which is not some made-up man-made thing. Is that a fair assessment of what you just that's, said? That's correct. You know, okay. you kind of nailed it on the... On the on on the on the on the chest in that one. Okay. But I mean, the reason why we go out there is that we see a lot of lost people, you know, mm. that are just wandering in in all kinds of different paths, mm. that unfortunately aren't leading them to Christ. Mm. And uh, yeah, so when we're when we're out doing evangelism to Mormons or whoever it is, we want we want them to know that there is a saving um, knowledge that they can have, and find the truthfulness in this world, which is hard to find. Yeah. In God, 
through 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 Christ the Lord. Got it. You know, and uh, it's it really takes an open heart to see it, mm -hmm. and it really takes a lot of uh, mo motivation too, right? Mm -hmm. To to get out there and and uh, on your part or on, their part? On my part, yeah, yeah. And, and and also on their part to actually say to themselves, you know, man, I, I believe in a pretty good life right now. Mm -hmm. And if I follow Christianity, my life might change mm. entirely. So before right? we go into that, I'm, I'm going to drug us into that for a minute. Yeah. Go yeah. back to the <clears throat> mission. You had a great, okay. did you have leadership positions? Um, you know, I, I wasn't like second to the mission president, anything like that, but I was a district leader for a time. You so know? you did, yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 hel I helped other missionaries that were kind of coming in for a while. You know, and uh, I would give like uh, um, these uh, these different uh, um, lessons, you know, on how to on how, how to reach people for Christ, for the church. Mm. I, I shouldn't say Christ because mm. it was really uh, seeing uh, if you do this and this, you know, um, then you you could bring in more more and more baptisms for the church, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Really, they were wanting more converts. That's, of course, that's what they wanted. You know, it's a numbers and game. I didn't understand that, but yeah, every month they came out. They came out with a new report of, of these missionaries that uh, have this many baptisms, right? Yeah. And uh, are you are you a worker of of, of are you a uh, a worker of God? Uh, and can you uh, can you also do that as well? You know, yeah. and uh, get to that point. Yeah. And uh, and you know, I I always aspired to to, to baptize you? as many people as I could. Sometimes it would be uh, families. It would be you know, like the entire family we we we'd bring in that 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 week, and uh, and occasionally it was just uh, a lot of young younger younger girls that were just interested. Probably because we were white, fair skinned, right people coming from the Americas. They were interested sure. more about the the person than more about the faith. Did you but, uh, did you keep in touch with them after the mission? Any I, anybody you baptized? I well. I did probably for uh, for the first year. Oh, okay. And then it kind of just fell off the radar. Did you marry you know? a Brazilian girl? I didn't. I didn't marry a Brazilian person. I'm not a Portuguese speaking person. Either. No, no. But I did marry I a faithful Latter Day Saint woman. Okay. So. so you finished the mission honorably. Yes. Came home to Idaho. Yep. And what was the plan? The plan was to, you know, the mission president was like, go home and and find a wife. You know that that that's what all. Missionaries wanted what to come home and do. What year was this? This was in 2000. In 2000, I got off my mission in '84, and I got the same. I got the same really? advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we all confessed our sins to the mission president before we left. He's like, you know, you know, brother. Yeah. All people kind of have that that issue in their life, but uh, get you know, just uh, God can help you. You know, getting get married, married, getting married, married is what's going to help you the most, mm. right? So. So is that what you did? Well, yeah, I mean, I was, my eyes were peeled, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was dating like, uh, once a, once a week, you know, different, different, once an hour, di <laughs> different, di different women, you know, and uh, I wasn't shy. I took that approach of, uh, being, um, being bold mm. to, to actually you courting, on the mission. courting the, 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 the different women that I, that I met, of course. Very nice. So, uh, one of the, one of the girls I ended up, I ended up marrying, but if, if, fell off. She was a Latter-day Saint in, in, in Rupert, Idaho. Got it. But, uh, you know, she wasn't the one. So I dated some other girls and, um, you know, it was, it was a trying time, you know, when, mm -hmm. when you feel like, uh, you may, you may have found the, the right woman and then it doesn't, doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was in that time that, uh, sin came into my life, right? Mm -hmm. Pornography, addiction. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just just having that kind of sin, it makes it uh, even more difficult to to look at women the right way, sure. right? You objectify. So them. it was probably a lot of myself just tr treating women badly okay. in that time, right? Mm -hmm. Look at them more of like an object than really for who they were for God. Sure. And uh, yeah, so eventually I got to a point in my life where I was uh, doing a lot better. You know, I wasn't uh, looking at it very often mm. but I felt like uh, if, I, if I got married that it would all just go away mm. right <laughs> all, all those lustful feelings would just go under the rug right I would sweep it under there 
and nobody would even know. You take it out on your poor wife. I wouldn't have to tell my wife, right? And um, I wouldn't have to tell her about my past mistakes with other women, right? Which I did, of course. Confessed, <clears throat> confessed to your wife. I didn't until years after. I, I really was um, shy when it came to opening myself up to people back, back, back in that time. So when did you meet your wife? I met my wife in, in, in 2006. So six years. Well, I knew her a little bit in, in, in 2015. Mm. We, we, we were going to the same church. You mean in 2005? Oh, sorry, 2005. Yeah. Exactly. So you're going to the same ward. Same ward. We, she, was, uh, she was the pianist for the choir I was in. And, uh, you know, I had, I had my eye on her. I thought she was different mm. than all the other women I, I'd ever dated, right? Mm. I feel like there was something more pure and uh, about about her, right? She was mm. more modest, and and um, it was like I was like, well, that's gonna help me, you know, mm. the the way she thinks about life, mm. you know, even though I was kind of a Scallywag. a free person, right? To live in my li- living in the world, but saying I'm saying I'm a faithful Mormon, right? It was really a lie. Right? So in 2006, but you started dating. I started I started I started courting her in 2006. It was it was a uh, it was one day after we had just uh, uh, did some uh, <clears throat> choir practices. Mm. I came after her. Um, um, she was she was walking to her car, mm. and I just started following after her. You know, mm. I talked to her a little bit during those choir practices, mm. but I was like, "Hey, would you like to go out to lunch sometime?" You know, mm. I want I want I want I want I want to get to know you better. You know, mm. you seem like a great person. Awesome. You know. And we did, and, and it was Im- immediately, we, did, we just hit it off. What's her first name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, all right. Raised so, in the church? Raised in the church as well, and all of her family is also born, born and raised in generation to generation. So did you propose? I did, it, it, and, and, and it, was a quick, it was a quick proposal, you know. Um, we started dating in February, and we were already married in August. Okay. So it was like a six-month a six Oh, it was a three-month courting, and it was a proposal after after three months. Still in 2006. So, still in 2006. So now you're married. How long before your first child? And how my, many children do you now have? I now have two two children. Okay. So, so 2006, you're married. I got married, and uh, we found a nice apartment to stay in for the first couple of months, and then eventually we were able to get a nice home. You know, we always uh, wanted to want to raise our kids in in a house. You know, and uh, she was she's she's a teacher. Okay. And uh, at that time, I was doing IT, you know, um, and I was at like a call center taking calls, and mm-hmm. it was it was it was a nice job to start off a marriage. Mm-hmm. But it was the next year that my my young my oldest daughter was born, Hannah. Oh, nice! And uh, great name. Great, yeah. She was the uh, greatest joy of my life at the time, you know, until my second daughter came into the world, and now they're both the greatest joys, and along with my wife and. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything was just working as planned, you know. What are you doing in the ward at this time uh, <clears throat> as a married man with children? You know, I started uh, taking on different callings. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the callings was to uh, be, in, be, in the, be in the primary, mm-hmm. and specifically the, 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 the nursery age kids. Okay. You know, I started teaching them um, as they were young that they were a child of God, you mm-hmm. know, that they must follow their prophet, you mm-hmm. know, for answers. and Sure. You know, and uh, my my kids would come home. My y- youngest and uh, not 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 my oldest. I'll have to tell you a little bit about that. But uh, uh, but yeah, my, my my youngest would come up with would come up with with handouts and uh, different different things about the church that they were learning. And for me, I was like, yes, my kids are learning. You know about their faith. You know, I'm raising them right. What's Hannah's sister's name? The younger one, Emma. Hannah and Emma. All mm-hmm. right. So, uh, what's the story you're going to tell us about Hannah? So, Hannah, um, it was it was there was, was some controversy there. Um, Hannah actually uh, ended up uh, getting baptized in the church this the same year that I decided to leave Mormonism. Oh, so I believe it was the same year, or it was the next year, hmm. but I was not for it. So this is probably about 2014. Well, sorry, it was it was it was 15. two years two years after that. Um, she was born in two thousand seven, and uh, she was yeah, so she was eight at that point. So, two thousand two thousand fifteen, I had come out a couple years, and I was really against it. 
So, but my life we, was still really for Mormonism. Let's so she, go back. She was pushing it. Let's go back before we get to that impasse, which is when things start getting tough. Yeah, you're in the primary. You're teaching. You got two kids. You're teaching. Mar- are you married yeah. in the temple? Married in the temple. Are you going to the temple? I am. I am. I'm going to the temple um, every so often with my wife. I asked this was, question. It was very few. I um, asked this question for our so. audience, for the LDS people who are watching, because what they're doing is they're taking hash marks of of good things and bad things. Okay. And good. they're assessing you and they're saying, Paul, oh, didn't go to the temple monthly. Were you, home, were you doing your home teaching? I was doing my home teaching. He did his home teaching, folks, so get off his back. You see? <laughs> All right. Dang it. <laughs> Faithful to his wife, father, married in the temple, tithing payer. Um, it was so up often. and go. Every so often. They're going to knock you on that one. Because the go. prophet says if you pay your tithing, you will never leave the church. There you go. So there they've got that, that caveat going. All right, brother. So when, so it, when I felt convicted, I would, I would give larger sums to the, to the church, right? <laughs> oh, so and especially when I was giving out the, 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 fasting, the, the, the fasting slips. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I felt like I needed to give a little bit more because I hadn't been given, mm. right? So I tried to make up for it, right, at different yeah. times, <laughs> you know? And, and you kind of have to. Mm. You know how your uh, temple recommend uh, expires? I think it, it used to be like a three-year deal, right? Yeah. It was always the this, the last year that you really got on your tithing, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. <laughs> Procrastinator. Three-year. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, you're not al- you're not alone in that, brother. Right. So just so, just enough time so uh, I, I could get it renewed and, and get new garments, right? Got it. Because the garments were getting old, they were getting holy. Right. Right. So, but by telling us all that, you give the audience and me a little bit of insight as to the type of Latter Day Saint you were. You were uh, probably theologically happy with it. There's no big deal at that time, but practically, you're good with your kids going. Primary programs are nice. Yeah, and uh, I, I like doing home teaching. You like what's, that? What's strange is I didn't feel like I needed to give much, but I felt like I needed to. Um, I, I still needed to go out and do home teaching. Hmm. So I motivated other Latter-day Saints to, to do their teaching. Hmm. Good and, for you. Uh, so it, it was weird, you know. Yeah. I liked parts of it, but I didn't like the other parts. Yeah. You know. Uh, just before we get into when you start developing whatever happens, uh, what did you think of polygamy? Polygamy, I, I was very unaware. Okay. I was very naive when okay. it came to polygamy. Blacks in the priesthood, any idea of it then? I didn't really know any of that. I wasn't taught any of that. Okay. Until uh, I started discovering things on my own. Uh, nothing about so, the first vision, multiplicity of first vision. I didn't, didn't know there was more than one vision either. So again, you're, represent, you're, you're helping us Wh- see. While I was active in the church. I yeah. didn't know any of that. You represent a great percentage of the church. They, and and I, I think it's because you just don't choose to find that mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. So what happened? So, you know, I was, uh, I, was, I was teaching the nursery kids, and eventually I got a calling to teach at Sunday school. And you know what happens when you're a Sunday school teacher? And, and especially when it's the, the year for, for the Old and New Testament, you actually have to start researching the Bible. Mm. And that, I think, d- did it for me. Wow. You know, I started, I started really um, studying it, and not just what they put in their lesson plans, teach on this and this and this, but I started teaching the whole chapter, not just parts of it. And I felt like the people... That'll get you in trouble every time. It it did, but the people that were there were learning a lot. You know, we were participating. It was like a Bible study, a Christian Bible study. It was was good, Mm -hmm. right? But for me, I thought, man, we're getting a lot of good insight out out of the scriptures here. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I I loved the teaching calling I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, that was the hardest thing to give up when I, when I left, you know, because mm. I felt like I was doing a good service to them when I was mm. searching the scriptures and teaching them out of it. Mm. But when I started finding things, little, little things in the Bible, as I was reading, I was like, this isn't jiving with what they're telling me, mm. right? Um, especially when we're in the Old Testament and we're, t- we're teaching in, in, in Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and stuff. But in Deuteronomy specifically, God told God tells Moses not to have multiply wives unto himself, right? Right. And uh, that I was like, okay, we shouldn't be doing that. And I was just teaching them that. And then later on, other 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 people that were listening were like, hey, did you know that 
there was polygamy in the church. I was like, huh? Wow. You know, the Bible says we shouldn't be multiplying ourselves wives. Mm. But uh, you're telling me there's, there's, there was polygamy. Mm. So I started asking the question, so when did it, when did it come in? Did, 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 did other people just bring it in that, that weren't, you know, the, the original founders like Joseph Smith and Brigham mm. Young? Mm. Were there people that are just creeping in and, and like, like wolves, right? Mm. Coming in to, sure. to, to, to bring in other, uh, other doctrines. And uh, when I found out that it was Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, I was like, you must be lying, right? Mm. Because I had gone to the temple and the visitor center and they had those videos about uh, how, Emma, how Joseph Smith was faithful to Emma Smith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I believed it. Mm. And I, I, had, I had, me and my family, he got all those uh, movies on Joseph Smith and made him out like he was this, uh, like this, 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 this person that was- Sanitized hero. Yeah, like he was, he was perfect, almost, like next to Jesus. Yeah. You know, and he was like my hero. Right, growing up, mm. Joseph Smith was. Wow. So just discovering things about him. It just started with that one thing, you know, mm. telling me about polygamy. Mm-hmm. And once I found out, I asked the person, I said, what is your take on this, you know? Because it's not taught very often. They're like, oh, well, you know, back in that time, there was, uh, there was more, more women to men. You know, the ratio was higher. You know, and... Uh, and there was a war back then that they were fighting and uh, men, men were dying and yeah. they, had, they had to take these women in. It was, it was, a, it was a good service they were doing, mm. right? So what did you think of so those it answers? Was, it, it was justified. And did you accept that as justification? I, I did at first, All you right. know. For me, I was like, okay, this, this is fine. Many Latter-day Saints do. So right? then what? what? What's coming up? That, that yeah. seems like it was big. But what else was coming up? You know, other things other than polygamy, um, I was uh, learning about uh, the blacks, of course. But uh, but for me, I was uh, I was reading in in the Book of Mormon and finding out there were things in that book that uh, that were not even being taught now, hmm. right? Sure. Like uh, um, I believe it was in Jacob, where in Jacob two, where it says the people uh, started started worshiping Jesus. Hmm. Right, mm. and uh, that was unfamiliar to me, mm. unfamiliar t- territory. Mm. Right, and I was like, "Wait, I've been taught to worship the Father mm. all my life. Right? What is this worshiping Jesus?" Mm. And uh, so those kind of questions were swirling in my mind. You know, thinking, "What is, what is the truth now?" Right, mm-hmm. and why is it that the teachings I'm getting from the Book of Mormon aren't even really being taught mm-hmm. in the church? Mm-hmm. Just jumping out again to the present, uh, what do you understand the answer to that to be now? Why is the Book of Mormon such a different book than what modern-day Mormonism is? Nowadays? Yeah. um, I see that that it's another gospel. Yeah. So do you you consider the content of most of the Book of Mormon to be Protestant-based? Most of of the Book of Mormon to be Protestant? Um, To a point, you know, um, to, to... to say that, that, that you should be worshiping the Son and the Father, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like Christianity to me, mm-hmm. right? And it's a, there's a Benetarian and a Trinitarian perspective of deity in the Book of Mormon that yes. is not in Mormonism today. And it says anti- that there is there's one true God in oh, the Book of Mormon, yeah. right? It's, it's right in there. It has revivals in there. That yeah. Were, Right. Commensurate with the burned over district revivals of Joseph Smith's time. So that's the key is that it's a yeah. kind of a hook. Yeah. Know? And, exactly. and, and like the people who study, uh, you know this, but I'm just saying it for our audience, who make a lifetime, Michael Marquardt and uh, Dan Weiss, make a lifetime of comparing content of the Book of Mormon uh, with the Bible and how much has been just literally extracted and put in that Book of Mormon verbatim from the Bible. And so when people read it, they find a biblically-based mm-hmm. book mostly. There's a few things that are off there, but mostly. Of course, it's a fictional narrative, which yes, they claim to correct. be from heaven. But nevertheless, right. when they read it, they don't find it offensive. They're mm-hmm. not reading Doctrine and Covenants and Pearl of Great Price. Not at all. Right. So, yeah. So I thought I'd just talk about that for a second. So... These things are adding up. What's kind of the thing that says, okay, wait. The, 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 the last straw for me was when I found out about the book of Abraham. Mm. How did you, now, how did you find out about the book <laughs> of Abraham? Well, you know, once I started finding out things about Joseph Smith and polygamy, yeah. 
and uh, you know these other things about the blacks not holding the priesthood. It just, it just, it, I just started doubting, mm. you know, just, I just started doubting the church. Did you tell your wife? Um, you know, I didn't. It was very secretive, mm. right? And I started, I started going to these different sites online, found your YouTube channel. Oh, poor man. Right? And I started listening to your channel for mm. the longest time. Oh. And, uh, but for me, the, um, just these, these different places I've been finding about, about Mormonism in general, I had no idea that that was really taught in the church uh, about about masonry how these oh. how Joseph Smith brought in some signs and symbols into the church and I was mm. like this can't be true mm. right so the whole time I was trying to defend the church mm. while I was finding this stuff right I would say I, I thought I thought to myself that though I could uh, um, discover the these other truths I mean these, these other false teachings that I could find out that really there's 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 some truth to it, and there was some reasoning for all that. Mm. But the the thing that did me over was the Book of Abraham. Did you read upon his hand upon papyrus book or any of that, or it was just the, sh the different shows or programs about it? I went through back at the time. Um, I went through the LDS video encyclopedia. Oh, have you? Did you hear about that no. channel? Mm -mm. So when I was watching that, um, there was there were some videos on that. So he went through each different papyri and uh, went through what the real meaning was. Oh, and I was, I was waiting. I was like, hey, it's about uh, Kolob and uh, Abraham, right? And I was waiting for him to get to it, right? Yeah. But it was really about the, about the Book of the Dead and oh, the book, yeah. book of Breathings. And uh, after hearing that, I had like this epiphany moment when I was in my closet one day. Um, and uh, I was like, this... This is not right, and I have to tell my wife this. You know? Okay, wait. I gotta ask. What do you mean you were in your closet one day? Were you in there praying? Were you? I was. Hiding? I was hanging clothes up. Right? Oh, I see. I see. And I, and these thoughts. So it's were, just a common everyday yeah, place. Right, right. And I was. Yeah, we all have to go into our closets and hang up our clothes, of course. Right, Got, right, right. right. So. And uh, so I was in there just just thinking things over, you know, as I was putting clothes up and stuff and folding them, and uh, yeah, the epiphany came over. It was like a light bulb came on. Hmm. I was like, do I want to follow the church mm. or do I want to follow Jesus now? Okay. Right? And for me, atheism wasn't even a, to a topic of discussion, you know? So let's stop on that for a second. That's really unusual for many people coming out of Mormonism that atheism is not even an option. Usually they're so scorched by being burned by the Mormon church that atheism is the option because they've never had any kind of rooted relationship with Jesus <clears throat> in them prior. Because Mormonism doesn't really give you that, in my estimation. So not, how did not, you... Not at all. How did you have this root in Jesus and no desire to go to atheism when so many of our former brothers and sisters in Mormonism, that's exactly where they go? You know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, it was thought over a lot, of course. Especially since in his first vision, Joseph Smith's first vision, says that every other church is, uh, abomination. is an abomination, right, to, to God. Yeah. And uh, all, all of the creeds and the teachings of the church, God, in, God said is incorrect. Yeah. But because I was doubting it, the church in general, I also doubted that first vision at that point. Mm. So what did you think of Jesus in your mission, in your early life? Because you're not really taught like you are as a Christian. And he, it's, it's not the same thing. If people don't understand that, you've got to be Mormon to get this. Yeah. But, so how, what, how, what were you thinking of him as a dad and, and, and teaching and things like that? You were, mm -hmm. you were teaching the Bible, so maybe you were... I was, but the thing that, with me and the mission possibly was different than, than other missionaries. I mean, I was bringing a lot of people to baptism and into the church. But uh, when, when, when I got to the part about Jesus, I focused most of my time on that. Hmm. You know that uh, Jesus Christ is the way, and we just need prophets to help us know that. Mm. But the message uh, about Jesus always hit me here, you know. Mm. And uh, do you think you were born again as a Mormon? No, I don't think I was born again. It really, I feel like uh, the Lord uh, was uh, was starting starting to lead me mm -hmm. at at a point in Mormonism. I see. Right. Okay. And uh, I, I just couldn't get rid of that, you know. If if Jesus was making me was making the impact in my life, 
then, then I had to take it out of it. Got it. You know. So the 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 closet epiphany <laughs> led you to your wife. Did you go tell her? I did. I did. And uh, this was in in 2012. Mm. You know, and it was actually a, a time in my life where I could think a lot of I, I I could think about a lot of different things. Um, that year, I had I had I had lost my job. Um, it was it was a two year it was a two year contracting job. IT and still. IT. Um, and uh, it was it was a hard time because I had lost a job I really liked, but uh, there were no other jobs panning out for me except for a job in Nebraska, hmm. of all places. I hmm. I just started putting my job application in everywhere in the U.S. Right? It's like I need I need to supply the money through the the funds for the family, right? So they don't have to get on the, go on the streets and so yeah, they picked me up at the office Air Force Base in Nebraska. Wow. And I had a secret clearance coming out of the IT job I had, hmm. so that helped. But I was by myself for the for the next six months. My wife and kids would see me ever so often, but uh, it was in that time I was I was starting to doubt the church. Hmm. So then what? So, but in the beginning stages, I was going to their ward, hmm. and what I was seeing was the people were very focused upon them upon them own upon their own selves and upon the cliques that were already there and I was left to fend for myself mm. you know I would a lot of the time just go in and walk out by myself and mm. without anybody really trying to fellowship me or say hi to me mm. you know it's kind of left in the dark mm. you know and I was like church shouldn't be like that mm. you know people should want to welcome you in and uh, but so because of that I was like I'm just not being fed here. You know, I need to be fed someplace else. So I started reading the Bible more and uh, just doing more. Uh, I watched more and more YouTube videos. Dave Bartosius was one of the f- people I followed at the time. Mm. And Adam's Road Ministry. Mm-hmm. I, ke- I, ke- I keyed on all these different places. And uh, it really helped me see, th- see the truth of God. Mm. And uh, one thing I really liked about Adam's Road is... Uh, there's still a place for Jesus mm. outside of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. So it, it. it became a lot more about him and about, and, and, and about grace. Mm-hmm. That really helped me. They do a really good job of that. That's their focus and they keep to that. And it's, uh, it's good. So it's great to hear that they affected you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their videos were beneficial mm-hmm. and their site in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and... One of the things also that led me out of the church was some of their songs that they sang. Mm. You know, I never felt felt good about the song Praise to the Man. Mm. Interesting. It rubbed me wrong every time I sang that. Mm. And it was uh, when I got back in uh, 2012, before I had finally given it up, I was in church with my wife. And I told her, I said, if they sing this song, I'm walking out and I'm done. <laughs> and what did they sing? They sang it. Wow. That one Sunday and I, I, I just walked out of the church. Wow. And I said, I'm done with this. No, I, I can't I can't I can't return. I love that kind of if stuff. If they're gonna be praising men outside of Jesus, I can't go to this church anymore. Yeah. I was trying to give it a chance, you know, I'm back with my family again. Yeah. From Nebraska and uh, I hadn't told her until I had that epiphany in the closet, which came right after that. I was like, you know, I well, I had it right before that. I was like, you know, I God spoke to me while I was even in my closet, you know, mm. and uh, what did she think when you got up at uh, <laughs> praise to the man? You was know, she worried about her marriage. She was like, what's going on? Here? Wow. Because everybody was standing up singing to it. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they were standing. Yeah. Everybody was standing up. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> They're such pagans. I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. And, and, and I mean that kindly, you guys. I mean, come on. Praise to the man who communed with Jehovah. Jesus anointed that prophet and seer. Blessed to open this vast dispensation. Right? Nations exalt him. No, <laughs> angels exalt him. And nations revere. Hail to the prophet. Right? <laughs> it's unbelievable. So good for you. You walk out. What out. happens? How do you and the wife? My wife doesn't know even. She doesn't even know what 
to even think about that. But, you know, she drove and she's like, okay, I guess, I guess we're leaving to talk about this when we get home, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, all, on my way home, I was telling her, you know, this song is, <laughs> is wrong, yeah. you know? And because uh, I was starting to read the Bible, I was like, we should be praising Jesus. Wow. And wow. Not, not men. Did you say that to your yeah, wife? Yeah, I, I did. How did she respond to that? And, uh, you know, she, she justified the church oh, yeah. teachings, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, it's one of those things that when you get into a hard, a, a hard situation, you just start bearing your testimony. Sure. Right? So yeah. she started doing that. And I was like, I can't really talk to you if you just want to bear your testimony to me, you know? So and, what's um, the status of your marriage with uh, her now? She's been going to Calvary Chapel with me for the last three years. What caused her to, three years ago, decide to go with you there? So that was in uh, 2000. Uh, actually, it's, it's been about two and a half years. It's it probably the latter end of, uh, okay. of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, I made the choice that uh, I wasn't going to um, just, just let my kids go to the Mormon church anymore. I see. You know, she was still bringing them every Sunday faithfully. Oh, and so you kind of made a patriarchal decision. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was going by myself. I, well, at first, for the first two years, I was looking, I was searching for a church. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until at the latter end of 2014, even I think January of 2015, that I started going to a church. Mm. You know, I went to the Eagle Christian Church in, in, in Boise first. Mm. And then I went to a Calvary Baptist. I and went to Calvary Chapel. I, I was going all over the place. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Did you find yourself uh, pretty much casual about the church experience in the Christian community? Or did you ever find yourself saying, this is insane. I am not coming here again. <laughs> you know, I actually saw a lot, a lot of good things in yeah. each of them I went to. Did you? But for me, I was like, there has to be the perfect church. Oh, Looking right, for I, I was looking. Have for you the, found it? No, I haven't. <laughs> but when I was searching, soul searching, I was trying to find it. Hmm. You know, the Eagle Christian Community Church was. I went with my friends several times, and hmm. that was really good. You know, yeah. um, there was no communion, but hmm. I mean, they sang, they sang songs of worship up there from the heart. Hmm. You know, it was it was really good. You I know, see. Um, and then. The Calvary Baptist Church. We had Sunday school, like the Mormon Church, and I thought that that was great. And you know, all these different places. The Eagle Christian. I thought that was a great place too. They had the same thing for the kids, and mm -hmm. like primary for them. You know, it was it was great. So you put your. I had a lot of Mormon friends. I mean, ex-Mormon friends that were kind of helping me oh. in the faith. Oh, okay. At that time. So you were fellowshipping with some ex-LDS? There were ex-Mormon groups I was going to. Okay, good. That's good to know for people to hear that that's something that helps. Yeah, you know, yeah. I felt like I needed to do that for the first year. Good. You know, and uh, then I decided I needed to stop focusing only on Mormonism. I see. And just start focusing my, my time and effort for Christ at that point. That's a relieving choice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, okay... I, I've gone through it with you. You, you feel for people who it's are like still trained stuck me up, you know? in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, your wife, you say, look, I'm the patriarch of this home, so to speak. We're going to go at least part-time, or right now we're all going to Calvary Chapel forevermore. Well, I didn't tell her that. It was, it was different, actually. Mm. Um, I'd even say she had to go. Oh, okay. I told her that... Uh, you can take the kids one week to the Mormon church mm -hmm. if you want to. I, I'm not going to take away your, I'm not going to take away your free agency, mm -hmm. but the other times, the other weeks, I'm going to take them to Calvary Chapel. Mm. Right. And she had a hard time with that. Oh yeah. She's like, uh, you're not going to do that. Oh. The only way you will is if I'm with them. Oh. And at first she wasn't willing to do it, mm. but it, it was like a month or two later. She's like, fine. You take the kids. I'll come with them. Mm. She sounds like a good woman. And uh, yeah, she came and uh, she's been coming ever since. What does she think? Praise God. Um, she's, she, she likes the message. Uh, um, we started with one pastor, Pastor Bob, and then now it's Pastor Tucker. Mm. Um, he, she likes Pastor Tucker's message much better than the old pastor. Mm. But um, he, he's younger, more youthful, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, she, she does like it. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, 
at first she she used to be on her tablet a lot, you know, and just uh, let the kids play games on their tablets and not really pay attention. You know, she's on her on her phone just messing around. But I'm seeing her now. It's it, there's a change happening. Mm. You know, she's put it down and she's starting to pay attention to praise God to to the pastor. And it's there's a life change happening in in her life right now. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, so and it's Emma, taking time. But Hannah and Emma, how are they liking the the from primary to the <laughs> program at Calvary Chapel? Well, they don't they don't go to the kids program. Oh, they don't. They go to the whole worship service with us. Oh, wow. Yeah, my my wife's like, uh, if if you're gonna bring the kids, they're going to the whole service. Oh, wow. So, wow. I was like, that's fine with me. Wow. Yeah, as long as they can be quiet, right, and listen. It's awesome. Spirit of God uh, can't be beat. Kids N- feel it. Not at Everyone all. Everyone feels it. So yeah. If they're, if they're not feeling it, you. It's when the Spirit of God is there, it's working. Yeah. So whether no matter where they are, that's so. I think that's that's awesome. Let me ask you something about that. Um, uh, do you believe now, and I just ask this gently, that you've been born from above? Did you have an aha moment of an, on August 23rd at 6 p.m., <laughs> Jesus entered my heart and I've been uh, regenerated? Or yeah. Have you had that? I've, I've had that. Uh-huh. I've actually had a, a, a few encounters with, with, with Jesus in my life since then. Mm-hmm. Since to get myself to the Lord, God has just been showing himself to me. Tell the audience, because so, many people don't understand what that means when you gave yourself to the Lord. When did this regeneration, how did it occur in your life? Okay. So it was, uh, it was July of uh, 2015 mm-hmm. that uh, I was going to Calvary for a couple months by myself. And uh, many times I saw the people getting baptized, going up there and getting, getting baptized and just just telling telling people that they they used to be into drugs, they used to be into alcohol and, and addiction and God God changed them. Mm. And just knowing that that God could change them, I knew that uh even up to this point I was still looking at pornography. Mm. It was still and it, it was still a a willful sin in my life that I wanted to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Right. For me it was it was a lot of guilt and shame in that. And in July of um of 2015, I decided to, to just give my life, give my life to, to Christ, you know, and I did it, um, in prayer one night, hmm. um, late at night when my wife, uh, got in bed, I just decided I wouldn't go to bed when she went to sleep. I decided to just start. I would just, I decided to kneel down against my pillow and just cry out to God, hmm. confess my sins Mm. And uh, which I should have been doing all along, right? Mm. It was probably one of the most heartfelt prayers I had ever given to God, right? Heartfelt's important, right? And it needed to be uh, heartfelt. It, it, it needed to be from the heart. But uh, it was in that moment that I was just crying, tears just flowing down my face. That uh, it was like God's holy presence just came over me. Mm. It was like He was giving me this giant bear hug, right? And uh, I knew in that moment that. God was real and he was starting to show himself to me mm. and but I didn't I didn't know if, if I had been forgiven yet mm. right this is before I got baptized later mm. on but I had the most amazing experience the next day I got I got to share it with everyone um, so up until that time since I was going to Calvary I decided to start listening changing my music style a little bit mm. So I started putting on my SD card along with the other pop and uh, alternative music because I hadn't given it all up yet. Mm-hmm. I started filling it up with some good Christian songs I had been listening to, right? One of the songs is called Life Song by Casting Crowns. Mm-hmm. You probably heard of that group? I've heard of the group, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that song I, re- I really enjoyed, right? Something about it just impacted me. Mm-hmm. And so in the morning when I was, after I'd gotten ready for work, I got in my car and I was, it was just a normal day, just going to work and the radio was on and that song was on the radio, mm-hmm. right? The song Life Song by Casting Crowns. And I know uh, I was taught all my life and Christians say you should never test God, mm-hmm. right? But I did in that moment. I said, God, if this is you playing this song, because I'm, you know, I really like this song. I want you to... Um, to play that same song from my SD card, which I had the, all those thousands of songs on, right? Mm. 
Like I want, I want to put this SD card in my stereo, and I want you to play it and uh, just show me you're real, God, right? Mm. And I did. I switched it to the source, to the SD card, and immediately this con- same song continued, mm. and it carried forward with the same lyrics too. Mm. It was like nothing. Like the same song was just playing. So that really spoke to you. It it did, and uh, it was just like the night before. All of a sudden, tears just started flowing down my face, right? Mm. And uh, God was telling me that uh, that He loved me, mm. right? Mm. And up until that point, I thought I was a wretched person, mm. that God could never forgive a person like me, right? And then it was in that moment that I was crying that I heard I heard a voice mm. from God. What did he say? If you can, you share that with us. Yeah, I would love to. Um, and I feel like it was it was Jesus, our Lord. But he said, "Paul, your sins are forgiven." And uh, when I uh, when I heard that, I I, I could I couldn't believe it. Right? It was the uh, it was the greatest, most relieving thing I'd ever felt in my life, right? Because mm. <laughs> finally, finally, after all this time of, of building up all that guilt and shame, there was mercy, there was mm. forgiveness. Mm. And uh, so I went to work, I was in tears. I walked in and they're like, what happened to you? Why are you crying, <laughs> right? Mm. And uh, all throughout the day, I just can't get over that. Mm. And uh, it was uh, from that moment forward that God just start, started moving in my life, mm. right? And uh, I, I I felt like the Holy Spirit was just coming upon me in that time, right? Mm. And though I was being tempted, the Lord was leading me away from it, mm. sure. right? Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, I'm going to be your armor now, mm. right? I'm going to be your protection against Satan, mm. right? Mm. And uh, no longer is he going to take over your life, mm. but uh, I'm going I'm to be the one that, uh, that uh, lifts you up when you feel like you're falling, mm. right? So it was in... Uh, it was in November of that year that God's, I feel like God saved me in that, in that, in that moment in July that I started writing my feelings based on the Bible. Mm. The Holy Spirit just started flowing in my heart and I, I just couldn't stop writing. Mm. Right. And, uh, I believe it was, it was the, um, it was how God's joy uh, is, is how there's joy in the Lord. You know, and uh, and and how his mercy endures forever. I started with the Psalms then, but really, God God started anointing me to write, and uh, and then and then then it came that it came in December, in that time frame that I felt like I needed to give my life entirely to Him mm. through baptism. Mm. So uh, I told my I told my my parents my. Uh, um, yeah, in in that time, my unfortunately my dad had uh, had passed on before that, mm-hmm. so I wished he was there. But my stepmom came; she was uh, LDS, and I had uh, a few other LDS uh, um, fa- family members that made it, mm-hmm. and I, in- including my wife, mm-hmm. who hadn't who hadn't come to church yet, mm-hmm. and my kids, mm-hmm. and they were all supporting me, oh. and uh, so uh, it was it was an amazing service. Um, I, it was. It was like uh, I was. It was. It was the most excitement I had. You know, mm. <laughs> I was so overjoyed um, as I was on, in that line of people. You know, getting ready to go to the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to tell people that uh, if God can save somebody like me, mm. He can save any one of you. Mm. Right? There. There is. There is no amount of shame, no amount of guilt, no amount of addiction that that you're trying to carry right now in your life mm. that God can't free you. Amen. And uh, then I got in the water and was baptized. And as I came out of the water, I felt like before that there was a presence, mm-hmm. but as I came out, I was filled. Mm. Right. Mm. And, uh, I couldn't stop telling every, I, I telling everybody about Christ at that point. Mm. I became an immediate witness for Jesus. Mm. Right. And, um, uh, and that continues on today. And that continues up till now. We right? are out of time. Really? Perfect, perfect timing for, uh, wow. for us, Paul. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, before we leave Mormonism behind completely, okay. 
I want to wrap up the show just quickly, maybe 30 seconds. Of, can you articulate the difference between what you experienced when you went with your honest heart to God and then with the Casting Crown song mm-hmm. and then with the baptism? What's the difference between that experience and what Latter-day Saints call the bearing of the, the Holy Spirit and the burning of the bosom that we talk about as missionaries. Okay. Can you articulate for us in 30 seconds or less? Yeah, I mean, they, they have this, uh, the, this sensation they feel, right? But, you know, I tell them that you can, you can have that same good feeling when you're reading Harry Potter, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're reading Lord of the Rings, or even, even a good movie you're, you went to, right? Mm-hmm. You can feel uplifted mm-hmm. and even have that burning, you know, mm-hmm. inside of you. Even when you've eaten something you, that you shouldn't have, and yet you have that, um, your your heart is is burning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, heartburn. Uh, but I tell them that uh, once they've experienced the Holy Spirit, once it's 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 more of a a it's 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 a presence you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an ongoing presence. It's not something you experience one time because it was good in that moment. Mm-hmm. God is now with you. And he's not forsaking you at this point. Yeah. Right. And he, and he's leading you. So excellent. I, I, it's more uh, than a feeling, it's a presence. I, I, so. uh, I add my witness to that and, and add that the way I explain the difference, and yeah. it's, it's always asked here in Utah. Like, yeah. We get asked that a lot is that for me, it's like vision. Okay. You see one way prior, <laughs> but nothing changes in your senses. Yeah. But you see completely differently. Oh yeah, your eyes are. Your open. eyes are really the scales do fall yes, off. Yes, yes. And so that's what we are pitching. Is we uh, both Paul and myself and others are are pitching. Have you had the scales fall? Mm-hmm. Have you had that experience where your eyes and your the, your the eye of your heart opens and sees the world in a different way, God's way rather than man's way? A fantastic time. We're going to come back next week for part two where I get to get in a little bit in the mud with Paul okay. to understand some of the stuff that goes on in street preaching. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter. Thank you, guys.